Before getting into this week's episode, just wanted to let you know that I've released another YouTube video. The link for the second video is in the show notes, and this new video is sort of a, a companion piece to the first video. So it's all about the best way to start creating healthy habits and routines. And it's based off of episode two of this podcast. Friendly reminder, if you like the videos and would like to see more of them, please take a second to like, subscribe, and share with a friend. All right, promotional plug over. Avoid the three Ps to improve the quality of your conversations. The three Ps to avoid are prediction, pulling from the past, and making things personal. I'll be unpacking each of these, providing examples, and sharing why these are stayaways when it comes to having productive conversations. So diving in, avoid the first P of prediction. Prediction is something that we all do. Our minds, they like to time travel, and they often like to head in the direction known as the future. So while this is a natural human tendency, it's a tendency that we can catch cognitively. We can catch it while it's still a thought. And that catch allows us to do two main things, come back to the present moment and also to hold back and keep our predictions to ourselves before they turn into words that shoot or fall out of our mouths. Now, I'm not saying all predictions are bad because some predictions can be helpful. When you tell someone that things can change for the better, when you share your belief in someone's ability to overcome whatever they're going through, or when you remind somebody that this too shall pass, all of those can be quite helpful. But the type of predictions that I'm referring to as the ones to avoid are more of a negative nature. They are pessimistic. And these pessimistic predictions come in two main forms. The first type is making things permanent. And the second type is predicting that things will actually get worse. So the permanent version of prediction is when we take an issue, problem, or behavior and predict that it's permanent, that things, they'll never change, which often communicates to the other person that you don't believe they can or will change. The second type of negative prediction is different from the first because with this one, you do feel things can and will change, but definitely not for the better. This occurs when we imagine things are going to get much worse because we take what's occurring in the now and we, we predict out our pessimistic and often catastrophic predictions about another person's future. That this issue, problem, or behavior is an indication that things are going to get much, much worse. When our minds travel into the future, whether it be our future or someone else's, what that mind will find is uncertainty because the future is just littered with uncertainty. And when we encounter uncertainty, what we'll usually find is some flavor of fear. The type of fear that arrives can range anywhere from uh, slight uneasiness to sheer terror. Wherever you land on this continuum of concern, it's probably best to put that crystal ball away, even if you feel like your predictions are by and large accurate. If that's you, it may be helpful to remember the saying, no one is a prophet in their own land. In general, it's just best to stay in the present with the person you're speaking to. And we are not present for a person when we're engaged in prediction. When we go to a state of fear, we will disconnect from the moment, the conversation, and ultimately the person. And that other person is usually well aware when we're in some frightened state. And what often is a takeaway from the other person is, uh, oh, Okay, I guess this is something that I should 
keep to myself. Or this person isn't comfortable with this. So I will have this conversation with somebody else. And who knows? Maybe that's what you want to communicate. Maybe it's a case of uh, TMI, too much information. And you would greatly prefer that that person take that personal and private information elsewhere. But if that's not the case, and you do want to be a part of those difficult discussions, to be a, a part of the most important conversations that one can have, if that's what you want, avoiding prediction will be essential. So if you want to be someone's go-to, to be a true confidant, catch your concern and come back to the present moment so that you can be present for the person. I've always liked that quote from Dan Zadra that goes, worry is a misuse of the imagination. So yeah, we have to remember and respect the fact that people can change. And it's our belief in that change, which will make known our belief in that person. Okay, so that was prediction. Next up, pulling from the past. So this one is another instance of our mind's unhelpful tendency to time travel. But this P goes in the opposite direction, to pull from the past. This is when we bring up past events to support our current frustration, anger, sadness, or worry. It's usually done to point out that the current issue, problem, or behavior is bigger, that it's worse because this is now a trend. The problem has become more significant because it is now a pattern. And just to be clear here, I'm not saying that this pulling from the past or even your predictions are wrong. You may be accurate in pointing out that something has become a pattern. This episode isn't about challenging the accuracy of what you may say or believe. Instead, it's about avoiding the things that will get in the way of having supportive and productive conversations. The P's I'm mentioning can derail a conversation cause the other person to become defensive, and turn what started as a helpful discussion into a heated debate real quick. So when it comes to pulling from the past, this P will often derail a conversation because what normally occurs when we pull from the past is that there are, let's just say, some disagreements about what transpired. An example of this could be maybe you're, you're upset with someone for being late and you justify your high level of irritation by saying something like, this is just like last week when you were 30 minutes late for that other thing. And that pull from the past is rarely, if ever, met with a, um, you know what? You are absolutely correct. This is exactly like the time you are referencing. And 30 minutes is precisely the amount of time that I was tardy. No, no. How that one usually goes is a disagreement that turns into a, uh, uh, I wasn't 30 minutes late. I was like 10 minutes late. That wasn't even last week. It was like over a month ago. And you know I was only running late because it was snowing and the roads were bad. And what about you? Let's take a look at you. It's not like you're never late. Remember when you were late the other day? Remember that? And now here we are, arguing about small details, which we do not agree on because they're in the past. And this might be when you bust out your phone so that you can look at your calendar so that you can prove that, in fact, it was last week. And not last month. You may even feel the need to look at what the weather was like on that day. That one day that you, that you can't agree on. Because yeah, if you remember correctly, it was not snowing. So that cannot be an accurate justification. And it's likely that you don't agree with their pull from the past about you being late. So now you have to debunk that statement. And now here we are, totally lost. We're having a full-blown argument about details that don't matter all that much. And more importantly, you are no longer addressing the issue at hand. 
because you're bickering about differing beliefs about the past. And this is exactly why it's often best to avoid pulling from the past. When you stay in the moment, you and the other person are way more likely to remain objective and therefore agree or be closer to agreement about what just occurred. And finally, the third P of personal. Don't make things personal. What I mean by that is don't make the problem, the mistake, the behavior personal. Don't make the behavior representative of the person. Don't use it to to question their overall character or judge their worth as a human being. I like to say, don't turn the verb into a noun. What I mean by that is just because someone lies, that doesn't make them a liar. Maybe by definition it does, but with that definition, we are all liars. Just focus on the verb, the behavior. Don't turn it into a noun. Just because someone failed, that doesn't make them a failure. Losing doesn't make somebody a loser. A screw-up doesn't mean you're a screw-up. To put it simply, do name the behavior. Do not name call. Okay, so those were the three P's to avoid. Prediction, pulling from the past, and making things personal. To close, good relationships start with, are sustained by, and are strengthened with good communication. And avoiding these three Ps will make a considerable difference in the quality of your communication. It isn't always easy to avoid those pesky and pessimistic Ps. But as a composer John Powell once said, communication works for those who work at it.